What's up, Ortandians? This is your girl, Ortandia, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of House of Ortandia. First and foremost, I want to shout out to my newest listener, the lovely Lydia. Hi, and thank you so much for subscribing. Love you so much, sister. <laughs> and so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, this episode, I wanted to talk about those that are hit the hardest by us being quarantined during COVID-19. You know, there are groups of people um, where social social isolation can be very dangerous. And so I wanted to kind of shed some light on them um, and keep you guys, you guys be, please be in prayer for these people. And if you can offer any assistance, please do so. The first group is, um, are the homeless. You know, we all quarantine into our homes and when we go out, we wear masks or we wear gloves and we have hand sanitizers and we have all of these things to somewhat protect ourselves um, from getting infected. But the, the homeless, they don't have that option. They can't quarantine somewhere. They, are, they, they live in groups and clusters together, you know, and a lot of them are already immune. Their, their immune system is already compromised. They already present with a lot of illnesses already and sicknesses already. You know, they don't have masks and they don't have gloves and hand sanitizers and, and things of that nature. So they're exposed heavily, you know, to people, you know, just being just being sick. People that are have COVID-19 and are not um, and are asymptomatic. Who, In other words, they don't have any symptoms. They may come across a homeless person and infect that homeless person. And so just read in reading some of the articles, you know, they were saying in places like Los Angeles and New York, it can be like a bomb getting ready to tick, you know, a bomb getting ready to explode. Um, if, cause there's so many homeless people in these cities in Los Angeles and in New York, and not that there aren't a great number of homeless people everywhere, you know, Philadelphia, Detroit, Colorado, Miami, Atlanta, you know, you name it. There are a number of homeless people. Um, uh, I'm, I'm saying these two cities in particular because the numbers are so great there, but I did come across, um, there are uh, some street team, med- some street medicine teams, and they are physician assistants and social workers and nurses. And what they do, um, particular, this particular group out in Los Angeles, they go out to the homeless population. They're checking blood pressure. They're giving meds. Um, they are running tests. Um, of course, they need um, assistance. They need, you know, if you are a physician, a doctor, a nurse, you know, um, if you would Google, if you would Google street medicine teams um, in your city and see if there are any in your city. And if you are a physician or, you know, even, you know, maybe uh, residents or if you are in medical school, they may allow you to come along and assist them. I don't know. But if you would Google street medicine teams, there may be an opportunity for you to help. You know, I don't know if there are any in your city, but please, like I said, please Google it. If they're taking donations, monetary donations, or, you know, they need like hand sanitizers, gloves, whatever, whatever you can donate, please help these guys. Cause like I said, they're going out to the homeless population, trying to help them. Cause again, they can't quarantine. They are in clusters. They are living in, um, horrible situations. They're, you know, in squalor, just, they are exposed to the elements. And so again, if you have an opportunity to help a street medicine team, please do so. The next group that's hard hit by this quarantine are those that are suffering from domestic violence. 
Now, when I first thought about it, like, this one hit me the hardest. I'm like, wait a minute. These women and men, there are some men that are, are, are domestic violence um, sufferers as well. But they are in with their abusers 24 hours a day. Um, and the same thing with child abusers. The children are in with their their abusive parents or siblings or whoever that is abusing the children 24 hours a day. And it's not like when they're in school, a teacher can recognize it, can say, okay, now they can report it. But the, the kids aren't in school anymore right now. You know, and for domestic abuse victims, they're like I said, they're at home with their abusers. The courts aren't processing protective orders right now. You got courts that are, a lot of the judges um, are home, they're quarantined. Some of the judges are infected with COVID-19, believe it or not, especially in New York. Um, And so uh, it's just a lot of things are falling through the cracks now. You have people were were planning their exit plans from their abusive spouses and, and partners, domestic partners for months, and now they can't leave. You know what I mean? A lot of the shelters that, that take in women, they are to capacity. And they don't want to expose any, they don't want to expose the people that are already in their shelters to possibly getting COVID-19. So it's like, it's like a catch-22, man. So I definitely want you guys, if you are Christians, praying folk, please be in prayer for the homeless people that I just shared told, told you about and be in prayer for domestic abuse victims and be in prayer for ch- children that are being abused as well. Cause again, like I said, they are, they have nowhere to go, but I did want to say the crisis text line. Um, you can text home. That's H O M E to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. Again, the crisis text line is you text home H O M E to 741-741. Also, there's a um a line, a website for it's called www.womanshealth.gov and it's it can tell you any type of violence, shelter, resources that you need for your state. You can find it on this website. That's www.womanshealth.gov. There's also an escape button on that website. So if your abuser is coming or you need to get out of the website really quickly, you press the escape. It says it right at the top. It's in orange. It says escape. You press it and it's no history um, of you being on there. It erases it. So, you you know. So, again, the website is www.womanshealth.gov. And it's any type of um, crisis or help hotline that you need or resource that you need in your state. It's on this website. And so, again, please, please, guys, if you are Christians, please pray, again, for domestic abuse, for those that are suffering from domestic violence during this quarantine time, and those that are in child, uh, the children that are being abused, as well as the homeless. And the third group that's hit really hard are those that are in prison. Um, And, you know, people will say, well, they, they did what they did to get in there. Absolutely true. I'm not saying release rapists or release mass murderers or serial killers. That's not what I'm saying. But then there are people in there that did things like sell marijuana um, or they are in there because they don't have bond money um, and they're just sitting in jail. And they, again, they can't quarantine. You can't put, (laughs) it's not one prison cell per prisoner. Like they have to be in groups. And so they, they are exposed to a lot and they're already sick. People are in prison are sick anyway. Like they, I don't mean mentally. I mean, they have, people have Again, compromised immune systems. They may or may or not may or may not be going to the nurse or the doctor or whatever or the hospital, you know. And so 
and now they're clustered together, infecting one another, possibly infecting one another with COVID-19. And so I know there are plans in some states to release some of the less um, violent criminals. I don't know where they're releasing them to. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if they're, you know, possibly maybe there's a, 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 some type of shelter or a building being prepared for them to go to. Again, I don't know how that's going to work, but, um, again, keep the prisoners in, 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 in prayer. Even those that are, did violent things. And like, I, y'all know, like I said, in my last uh, podcast, the, the guy that killed Nia Wilson two years ago, I, he got, I think he got life a hundred and some years or something like either. Well, either way, that's life, <laughs> but he won't be getting out anytime soon. Um, and nor do I want him to get out. Um, but keep in mind that these are still people, you know, that they've done heinous, horrific, violent, vicious things. They're still people. And just because they, they're in prison where they should be, doesn't mean that they should be stricken with COVID-19. So I don't know what the government can do. Like I said, some gov, some states are releasing nonviolent criminals. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe you can, what I will ask for you to do is go onto your state's website, your, your Department of Correction site, see what your state is doing, see what your city is doing, get informed, um, pray, uh, uh, pray, over, pray about it. Um, maybe you can contact, get your, get your voice heard, contact your congressperson or, you know, um, get, again, get your voice heard, share your thoughts on what you think can happen or should be happening. And so these people are not, we don't, again, we don't have a bunch of prisoners dying um, because they weren't protected by the state. Um, and then the next one, the next group that's hard hit is the addict. Now, there are people that are, um, that, you know, are alcohol addicts or drug addicts, and they they're, they were getting their treatment. You know, they've been sober. Maybe they were sober from alcohol for six months, seven months, a year, nine months. This kind of time can make them relapse. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I, you know, it may be hard for them to, them to get to their AA meetings. I don't know that all AA meetings are online. I hope they are. Um, maybe they can they can do some type of teleconferencing with their sponsor or teleconferencing with their um, therapist. Um, but we, in all of this planning, you know, I wish that it would be more more information out about these groups of people and what's really what's happening to protect these people. So we don't want to have a whole list of, of suicides going down um, because people are, are locked in their homes because they're addicts and they're overdose overdosing, you know, is or they have alcohol poisoning because they relapse and they've drank, you know, drank themselves to death. And so I'm I'm again as through this whole podcast, I am calling for for um, my Christian brothers and sisters to please pray, please pray for the addict, the, you know, the addicted, the alcohol addicted, the drug addicted, um, where, you know, their, their steps of sobriety can be compromised now because they can't leave their home. So, you know, as for, as, as far as I know, like, again, you guys know, you know, that I've been diagnosed with major depressive disorder and PTSD. And so I, I meet with my therapist on, we do a teleconference. And so, but again, that's maybe not the case with every social service organization. They may not have the capability to do that. And so we, you know, the government needs to consider that as we are 
in the middle of this and as we're coming out of this, there has to be better funding. There ha- funds have to go to these social service organizations so that these people can get can continue their path to sobriety, you know. And so, um, the last group are people in impoverished neighborhoods, people that are in housing projects, particularly high-rise projects. There aren't that many in the nations, but there are some. I was watching um, a, a short—I don't want to call it a documentary. I'll just—I'll just say it was a short, maybe a short. I don't know what you call it. Just a short, short. I call it a short, short. <laughs> but the gentleman was in the Bronx. And he was in this housing project. I forgot what it was called. Um, and, it, and it's a high rise. And there are probably about five or six buildings within this housing project. And the, only one elevator worked in like every building. And maybe they were 15, 16, I don't know how many flights in that uh, stair, how many, um, how many floors, I'm sorry, how many floors there were in each building. I'm gonna say 15, 16, I don't know. But there it was like it was like two or three elevators in each building but only one elevator worked and people were getting in the elevator together in groups and going to their respective apartments which is very dangerous and then you had the the, the gentleman he called the director one of the directors of the um, New York Housing Authority and he he was giving a song and dance like oh you know the guy was asking him why aren't the elevators fixed and he was like oh it costs too much etc and so the guy asked him, so, you know, what kind of resources or, or paperwork or flyers or anything have you sent out to this community about touching, you know, metal, touching the elevator doors, touching the elevator, you know, congregating in the spaces because people were congregated outside. They were, you know, again, they were getting the elevators together. And so he was like, oh, you know, we sent some information, you know, to the, to the, to the buildings. And the guy was like, he listened, but then he was like, he all the information that this gentleman sent to these respective housing authorities was for the people that work there, not for the tenants. And so the tenants were, weren't, weren't giving any information on hand washing, wearing a mask. Don't, don't get in this elevator. Don't touch this. They weren't giving any, any information on that. So he was, he was interviewing people and the guy was, he, he asked a couple of like women and men, they were standing outside. Have you heard about social distancing? Have you, you know, did you get anything? Have you heard about washing your hands or maybe not? You know, and they were like, most of them were like, no, you know, we didn't get any flyers. I got nothing in the mail, nothing like that. And so, but this guy who did this short, he was giving them information, like information from like the CDC on how to stay safe and how to stay, you know, healthy and how to not congregate down in like the basketball. They were still playing basketball, you know. And then you have some people that will say, well, it's New York. You guys know you guys are the hardest hit by COVID-19. You you guys have smartphones and all of this. And I get it. To to some extent, that's true. But um, that's you still you still have to give grace to people. You still have to give have some semblance of um, compassion. That's what I want to say. You got to have compassion because you can't give grace if you're not a Christian. So scratch the word grace. You got to have human compassion to be like, you know what? I understand these people are in very dire straits. They're in impoverished communities and they may not have all the resources that they need. Yeah, they may have a smartphone, but how many of us have smartphones and we don't use them for nothing but social media or texting or calling? We don't, you know, we ain't on CNN.com or we're not on CDC.gov. We're not, we're not using these phones for anything but personal, you know, stupid stuff. So you got to have some human compassion in that regard. And it, it just broke my heart, man. 
And um, so if you have, again, I'm putting a call out there. There are housing projects, especially high rises in your city. And you have the ability to, you know, cover yourself, mask and all that kind of stuff. Um, go out there, take, take some stuff, connect with the social organization that may be going out to these communities to hand out stuff, hand out hand sanitizers, hand out wipes, hand out mask, you know, whatever you, you know, you can do, however you can be a part of it. I'm not, don't go to no housing project by yourself. Cause if you're not from the neighborhood, you're going to get beat down, robbed. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you, don't try to be no hero. <laughs> Find an organization that's already doing it. And then you connect with them or donate money to them or, donate supplies to them or whatever because you got people that you got people that live five six seven people in or more in a two-bedroom apartment you know what I mean and some of them are laid off and everybody's home and then people are congregating and it's just it's oh and the guy that did the this this little short documentary he said if the COVID-19 jump off, he didn't say jump off, jump off is my word. But he said if COVID-19 jumped off in this apartment, in this housing project right here in the Bronx, it was, I think they were in the South Bronx, it's going to be deadly. It's going to be deadly. People are going to be dropping like flies. Because, again, you got people that are already, ha- they got people that are out there that have sickle cell, that have diabetes, that have hypertension, that have asthma, that have... um maybe some other kind of immune, um, their immune system is compromised. So you got all of this, and then you have people in these communities don't trust the medical field, because a lot of these people are black and brown people, and so they don't trust the medical field. So they may not be getting care for their current medical illnesses. So they're not about to run to the nearest hospital to try to get tested for COVID-19. You know what I mean? So we gotta, I just, I'm gonna pray. Father, I just ask that you would open our government's eyes, not just the government, I mean, the government can only do but so much, but I ask that you would open the government's eyes to all of these areas, Lord. They all need you. The homeless, Father. They need the homeless, people that are in domestic violence situations, people that are in prisons, the addict, the mentally ill, and those that are in poor communities, Lord. We, they need the government to do, to provide resources for the, to them, to provide um, protection. Oh, God, and let's not forget the Native Americans, Lord, the indigenous people, that you would send a group of people to go and to, to help those indigenous communities, Lord God, because they live in community. They live in clusters, Lord, that you would send your, your men and your women out to um, educate them, Lord, on how to protect themselves and to keep themselves um, in their community, say, Father. And not, like I said, the church can only do so much, Father. I pray that the church, uh, I'm sorry, the government can do but so much. I pray that the church would rise up, Lord, even now. Those that are physicians and nurses and doctors and social workers, Lord, those that are businessmen and women in the church, Father, that we would part, we would rise up and partner with some of these other social organizations, Lord, to just to provide help and assistance, so Father, so that COVID-19 doesn't become like, the end of humanity. You know what I'm saying? You know what? In the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of I'm just so like it's mm, amen. Amen. Cause yeah. Yeah. It it took me a while to get to here. Cause you guys know a couple of episodes back. I was like, forget they they tripping, they just trying to scare people. But people are dying. I took it lightly. Um, but people are dying. 
And it's like I said, people that are hit hard, they're going to be hit harder than you or I who are in our homes and are protected from the elements. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, I just, I don't want that for people. I want people to be, be okay. When we come out of this, I, I don't want as minimum life loss as possible. So, yeah. And like I always say, guys, I want to see you in heaven with me. So all of this week, at least for the next three days, we're going to be talking about um, what we can do during this time of quarantine. Um, tomorrow's episode, please tune in. We're going to talk about things that we can do. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about exercise. Um, we're going to talk about screen time and all of that good stuff. So tune in tomorrow. And then the episode after that. We're going to start getting into um, making money. So how can we legitimately make money during this time of quarantine? And I don't mean make money off of people. I mean, how can you, what businesses can um, arise out of this, out of this time? And then the, epi- the final episode for this week would be on how to create business continuity plans for small businesses. The small, the mom and pop bakery shops that had to close, the nail salons that had to close, the barber shops that had to close. How can they create business continuity plans so that if an, if this happened, were to happen again, um, they will be ready. They'll be able to pivot and still make money. Even though they may have to close their doors, they'll still be able to make money. So I, got, I pray that you guys continue to tune in. And like I always say, I want to see you in heaven with me. And I'm out.